This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hi there, and welcome to the Living Local with Edible San Diego podcast. My name is Katie Stokes, and as publisher of Edible San Diego, I wanted to welcome you to a new and important conversation. San Diego County really is a global crossroads, and when you think about it, it's true all the way down to even our very own bodies. In this podcast, we're going to take this concept of we are what we eat, and we're going to unpack it together. We're going to look at what local is, how it works, why it matters. My goal is to create a conversation which is inclusive, dynamic, and one that enriches our everyday life. So I wanted to welcome you to this new conversation, Living Local with Edible San Diego, and to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast. everybody. This is Katie Stokes. I'm publisher of Edible San Diego, and I'm here with Hannah Bay, Executive Director of the San Diego County Farm Bureau. And today, Hannah, we're going to talk about local food. That's the theme of this podcast. And I am really looking forward to exploring what that means to you, how it works, and, and to benefit from all of your insights. So I thought we might start with your personal background. Um, I've learned that you farm eight acres with your husband. Would you tell us a little bit about what that's like? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me here today. My husband and I own a first-generation family farm in the Hamul del Zura area of San Diego County. It's located in central San Diego County. We focus on growing garlic, um, doing honeybees, and also olive trees. And it has been really an exciting and amazing experience to be a first-generation family farmer there is an aging population of farm owners in our nation and both locally. And there is a upcoming movement of young farmers really interested in breaking into the farming community. But there's a lot of barriers to getting into that. For example, the cost of land in San Diego County, because we're located in an urban area, to buy a parcel to farm on is a real challenge. So I was very fortunate because Mana served in the U.S. Navy, and we were able to get our VA loan. So we did a zero-down payment to get a house with land that we were able to farm on. A big challenge for other farmers is water. We're very fortunate to have a well on our property, so we don't have to pay $3,000 per acre foot to irrigate our land. Wow. But we still have plenty of um, issues when it comes to groundwater replenishment, sustainability, long-term access to it. Hmm. Um, It has been so interesting and exciting because neither my husband or myself have a formal background in being farmers. And so it has been a bit of a trial and error, as it is for many first-generation family farmers. So, for example, one day we we decided to um, do raise chickens. 
and we had a whole chicken coop. It was enclosed with a full electric fence. It was going great, producing a lot of eggs. We were excited to sell it at our local farmer's market. One morning we woke up, there was a bobcat stuck in the chicken coop, and it could not get out. So that morning was quite exciting because my husband had to come and essentially pry open a portion of the coop and get the chicken to hop out, or the bobcat, excuse me, to hop out. Wow. Yes. So we decided at that point in time, perhaps maybe we would try non-livestock in the area we're at. <laughs> and every every exploratory phase in farming is – it's a labor of love because you're, mm-hmm. you're pummeled with the natural um, hazards, the weather. Are you in a drought? Are you in a heat wave? But to have your hands in the dirt every day and to see the life cycle of a plant go from a seed to a uh, fruit-bearing plant is remarkable and we just love it. That's so cool. And you mentioned farmer's markets. So how do you sell your produce that you sell at various farmer's farmer markets and and how else? We primarily sell to specialty produce out of pure convenience. It is so great to have a centralized location that you can take your product when you have 20 pounds, when you have 10 pounds, and they will accept it. We are an organic certified farm and we were um, a certified farmer's market vendor for a number of years. We ran the Ranch of San Diego Farmer market. The farmer's market environment is very challenging because it is diminishing in popularity with the consumer. So I would encourage anybody who wants to support their local farmer to go to those farmers market and spend the cash, put it in the hands of your farmers because the cost associated with harvesting, packing up your truck, Sending a staff member to sit all day at the farmer's market, and yeah. um, sometimes at the end of the day, your produce is a little bit wilted, so you lose that. If you're not exchanging cash in hand at your farmer's market, it's it's a big challenge for the local industry. Wow, that's a side of farmer's markets that you know many of us that go to them might not have really thought about, that it's actually – it's uh, maybe like anything in our businesses, it's not a perfect – way to to move one's product. I mean, maybe it's uh, it's super advantageous in a lot of ways, but I think that's really some interesting food for thought for all of us as as people who shop to find our, our closest farmer's market and give it our business because the people that are there have literally moved mountains to to be there at that stall. Absolutely. And when you put it in perspective of your large box retailer who has a wide variety of produce that's imported from other areas, perhaps even international sources that use um, labor practices that are unethical. But here we have in San Diego County, uh, agricultural community that is living to probably the world's highest standards of labor conditions in the ways that we farm. We're naturally, we have the most organic farmers in San Diego County. We have the most women-owned farmers in San Diego County. We have the most small farms in San Diego County. The average acreage is four acres of our farm size here. And when you walk into a local farmer's market, we need to tell ourselves it's okay it doesn't look like a Costco produce stand. Right. If this vegetable is a little bit wilted, it still probably tastes delicious because the level of flavor in your fresh picked is much more significant right. than transported across the globe. There's this new ugly food movement. And I mean, I even hesitate to use that term because it just sounds so, you know, kind of negative. But this idea that as American consumers were somehow accustomed to the idea of perfection, you know, the perfect apple or the perfect carrot. Whereas while you were talking, I was thinking about that concept of nutritional density, which when you are 
eating a, a, a piece of produce that was uh, farmed locally. It's fresh. It was just probably picked the day before. Um, if the this farm was organic or, or even close to organic, the soil was a living thing that just has all these nutrients in it. And you're getting a lot of nutritional bang for the buck, so to speak, when you buy that quote unquote imperfect produce at the farmers markets. And I I just feel like it's really a kind of a a partnership that as shoppers, as people who eat, that we're entering into that with the farmers that that go to the trouble of of showing up to the farmers markets. And it's really interesting about how you said you also sell to specialty because that has other advantages. And I I do want to talk more about farming uh, countywide and with your new position with the Farm Bureau. But before we do I just wanted to explore one last little bit about your personal motivations of what kind of, you know, uh, motivates you and, and uh, inspires you is um, you, you started a nonprofit. Could you tell us just a little bit about that? Sure. About nine years ago, my husband and I decided we wanted to give back to the community and we decided to found and incorporate a small grassroots based nonprofit called Charity World. Mm-hmm. Charity World provides food, clothing, shelter, health and education to poor, distressed and disadvantaged. We have done many small projects across the world and the nation based on volunteer efforts. We've done work in Liberia, West Africa, in Connecticut, in Chicago, in Peru, and it has been wonderful um, and fulfilling to be able to give back to our community. Here in San Diego, we ran and managed the Rancho San Diego Farmers Market for three years under this nonprofit because in a modern day society where we're veering towards technology focused and innovation focused, we are missing connections with our local community. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to provide a community space where people could gather and fellowship and share ideas while we were supporting the micro businesses was very exciting to us. We also offered a lot of job assistance to local individuals, um, resume assistance, uh, interview coaching. And we ran that for about eight years. And Enjoyed it immensely. After mm-hmm. my husband and I had our third child, we have scaled it down a little bit. Uh-huh. You only have so many hours in the day. Yes, and children are a whole nother endeavor besides all of these other things that we're talking about, right? Yes, but it is so amazing to raise your child to be involved in agriculture because if you ever question, how can I get my child to eat a vegetable, put a garden in because yeah. they will be so excited to every day go out there and see what can I eat today. And you think, how do I get my child to eat this green bell pepper? Well, you grow that green bell pepper plant and you'll see they will eat that right up. That is so fun to imagine. What what a lucky, you know, living uh, lifestyle these kids have to be able to grow up on your farm. Oh my gosh, I love to to imagine that. So it's also related, Hannah, but I'm thinking too about your new role with the Farm Bureau and the the impact and connections that the Farm Bureau makes with farmers all over San Diego County. And you you started to mention some of the ways that our region is different from other counties all around the country. And I wonder if we could get into that description a little bit more because many of us who live in the cities or who come from elsewhere really don't have uh, much awareness about San Diego being such a, a unique agricultural region. San Diego is such an exciting place to be a farmer in. We are what I like to refer to as the hidden gem of the nation in terms of agricultural community. So we 
in San Diego County have the 12th largest agricultural economy in our state. And annually, it contributes directly to our economy one plus billion dollars. So in the rank of contributors to our local economy, we consistently rank around five. Fifth. So the economic input related to the agricultural community is enormous and exciting, particularly in the rural areas where sometimes there is a lack of employment opportunities. Mm -hmm. The really neat thing about San Diego County is we naturally always fall at the top of the group. So we have the most women farmers. We have the most organic certified farmers. We have the most family farmers. We have the most small farmers. And this is everything that we hear being talked about as we want to see farming become. We want to see farmers. We want to see more family farms. We want to see more organic farms. Well, here we are in San Diego living this reality And it is very exciting. What is interesting about it is although we check all the boxes at the top, Mm -hmm. we share the same problems across the board. And the Farm Bureau is a really unique organization. We're over 100 years old. There's there's a Farm Bureau in every county of the entire nation. And then there's a State Farm Bureau in every state, and there is an American Farm Bureau. And the reason we exist is based on a regulation that was created around 1911. All right. And... To have this huge network of farmers, large-scale, small-scale, conventional, GMO, we all have the same issues. Access to water, overregulation, ability to market, economics with maintaining the farm. And what's really neat is the Farm Bureau. We have our publications from the last 100 years, and you can open a magazine from 1920 and see those farmers had the same issues then as we have today. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And I, I'm just getting this picture in my mind of, of farm bureaus in every county across the, the country and, and thinking about if, if everyone is sharing such similar challenges, uh, that's, that's potentially an opportunity to find out some good solutions or at least some things to try with these kinds of challenges. But how else could we understand San Diego as being so different uh, among counties across the country in terms of of the ways that some of these families and women are are pioneers in a way, uh, finding finding ways to run their small family businesses on the land and and growing and producing products that that are sold locally and maybe even nationally or internationally. So, how, how, what what does a successful local San Diego farm look like? Well, I would say a successful local San Diego farm is one that is not concerned about their payroll or paying their bills at the end of the day. Because what is happening today is we have new farmers who are excited and interested in getting into the agricultural community, and they are putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into their operation. And at the end of the day, two years later, they can't make it pencil and they lose it all. And it has to do with a lot of different factors related to the cost of water, related to the ability to select the proper product to grow. Some things are harder to grow than others, and some things are certainly harder to process or ship than others. The lifespan, once you pick that tomato off the vine, is far different than perhaps an apple in Julian and how long you have to take that to market. So there's A lot of different factors in play for how to support and amplify the model of success here in San Diego. One of it is 
helping, and this is a focus of the Farm Bureau, in educational outreach, equipping our farmers with the skills they need, hosting classes at our Farm Bureau building in Escondido. We're located at 420 South Broadway in Escondido. We have a brand new building we moved into about a year ago, and our goal is to make this the ag hub of San Diego County, where we have ongoing classes where people can come, and if they want to get into farming, we have Farming 101. For more established farmers, we have legal Experts come in to talk about the labor requirements because we've got 800 pages of labor law that we are challenged to try to comply with. Wow. Wait, did you say 800? I did. And that is just the labor requirement alone. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So I come from a professional background of local, state, and federal regulatory compliance, Mm -hmm. and I have found it very challenging to permit my own farm. And I permit things for a living. And what is a little bit challenging and sometimes frustrating is we will reach out to our local regulators to ask, what is it that we need to comply with? And they are unsure. And so here in the Farm Bureau, we are really trying to take um, a proactive stance to gather this information and figure out what are the multitude of permits we're required to. I've had farmers say, I've got 27 permits, and I don't think I'm compliant. When I did the Rancho San Diego Farmers Market, I had to get seven different government agency approvals, background check, mug shot, fingerprinted, and pay a lot of fees. And to simply host a farmer's market, I mean, that was the safest cucumber you'll ever receive. Wow. these These are real barriers that we all face, and trying to educate everybody about what you're getting into, setting people up for success is a focus to us, and also amplifying the voice of the local farmer Mm -hmm. so that people are aware that this is maybe some of the reasons why when you go to the farmer's market, it's a little bit more expensive than buying at your local Walmart. That makes sense. And so is another one of the things that the Farm Bureau does finding ways to to build that sense of community among all of you hardworking people? Because You know, you guys are business people. It's just that your business is is farming, growing growing food and and uh, and plant products, and so I I I see a lot of similarities, you know, with different kinds of businesses. But with local farms in San Diego County, is the Farm Bureau able to create a sense of unity around these priorities and and build build that sense of camaraderie? Absolutely. We like to refer to the Farm Bureau as the Farm Bureau family. I was raised in Georgia. I came out to California about 13 years ago. I had never heard of the California Farm Bureau or the San Diego County Farm Bureau or the entire Farm Bureau structure across the nation. And when I was made aware of the Farm Bureau, to be quite frank, I thought it was a government agency. Hmm. And I joined because the Farm Bureau, American Farm Bureau, California Farm Bureau, local Farm Bureau, we offer a variety of scholarships or entrepreneurship contests. So American Farm Bureau was running one. And I said, wow, this sounds great. Let me enter. And to enter, you had to be a San Diego County Farm Bureau member. Our membership dues are a little bit pricier than some nonprofits. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm such a small scale farmer. Hmm. Would this be worth it to me? Well, you know what? I'm going to pay it. I'm going to try it. 
It was the best decision I have ever made in my life. Wow. I had no idea there was such a wealth of resources available to our farming community. And you will see this because we have Farm Bureau members that have been members 50 years, and they are active and they are engaged because once you become a member, you're able to call the office and say, I'm having a problem. There, I'm, I'm based in a city, and a code compliance officer came out and said, I can't run my tractor at 630 this morning. Can you help me? And we say, yes, there's a Right to Farm Act. Let's call the city for you. Or they call the Farm Bureau. I need a packing house. Do you have a recommendation? Yes, we have that. I want to start farming. Yes, we have that. We also host events and certainly want to provide that community space for farmers to get together and to share in the trials, the struggles, yeah. but also the triumphs of right. farming. To celebrate. That's, oh my gosh, it's that's really, really heartening. And um, I'm also thinking, too, about one of the unique aspects of San Diego County. You know, when I think most people first visualize San Diego County, they think of the beach, right? Mm -hmm. And then they think of the coastal cities and, um, and certain attractions that are just well-known around the world. And I'm guessing that not a lot of people are very aware of the strength and vitality of the the farming sector here and and we were all already talking a little bit about farmers markets and all and i i'm just wondering i, I ha happen to know a little bit about a couple of the programs that you guys run the San Diego 365 branding program and also the friends of farmers and these are two ways that those of us who maybe aren't farmers could learn more about what you guys are doing and and help with our you know by learning more and and eventually with our our some of our food dollars. So tell us about those. Yes, absolutely. Um, San Diego County Farm Bureau. We offer a Friends of Farming program, and I would encourage anybody who wants to get a closer connection to your agricultural community to sign up. It's twenty seven dollars for the year, and you have access to farm tours. You get publications sent to you. You get that connection to your local community to learn more about where your food is produced and how you do that. The San Diego County Farm Bureau also runs the Linda Vista Farmers Markets on Wednesday I didn't know and that. the City Heights Farmers Markets on Saturday. So we would certainly encourage you to go and visit that. Um, we have a number of different events. We have a Farm and Nursery Expo coming up in November in Escondido. We have an annual um, picnic for our members and people interested in coming and learning a little bit more about the Farm Bureau. We really host a great number of events, and we we're looking forward to expanding over the future and growing because we really need to make sure agriculture in San Diego stays viable and grows rather than shrinking, which we are seeing the trend across the state and nation of farming declining. Are, um, is San Diego County following that same trend of, of numbers shrinking uh, a little bit or – Yes. In general, yes. The interesting thing about our farming community in San Diego is we work under this environment of being so close to an urban center and having these constraints with cost of land, cost of water, that our farmers are so smart. We grow such high-value crops on mm -hmm. such small acres. Mm -hmm. So our number one uh, you know, crop is ornamental trees and shrubs here in San Diego. Right. And we see some fascinating and innovative hydroponic operations, you know, growing lettuce in the urban areas. And these right. are supplying Costco. They are environmentally friendly. Wow. We have really had a smart, adaptable agricultural community that has worked with what they have and also been able to harness 
the power of having an urban center so close right. because Look that certainly as, helps yeah. with sales. It's an opportunity in, in some ways. It is. Challenge in some ways, but in other ways it's an opportunity. Absolutely. The challenge that we have with the urban population is the disconnection because sometimes – you know, if you ask a child, where did your tomato come from? The grocery store. Right. Oh, I've never seen that plant. And it filters everywhere to, well, you shouldn't be growing an avocado. It takes too much water. Where in reality, avocado trees sequester a lot of carbon. And if we're in a climate yep. uh, crisis, we might want to consider planting substantially more avocado groves when over the last few years we've had to stump a million trees in San Diego County because of our water issues. I've heard that and I, I, I'm it's a topic that we're really looking into more with Edible San Diego, this idea of how uh, agriculture is actually a, a potentially enormous contributor to to carbon sequestration and of course the, the development of, of healthy living soils that also do uh, beneficial things in terms of the interaction with the with the atmosphere and the water cycle and biodiversity and all those kinds of things. It's more to talk about in the future, Hannah. But I wanted to end uh, our chat today with thinking about how we might ask our listeners to to pitch in and to maybe learn a little bit more. Um, do you recommend that people, when they go out to eat or when they shop, that they ask about or try to find out about where that produce comes from? In the grand scheme of how you could directly support your local farmers, my suggestion would be eat local. And how do you do that? First, you can find local farms that offer a CSA program, Community Supported Agriculture, Will You Buy Into It, or perhaps Specialty Produces program, where you get local produce delivered to your door once a week. That money goes directly to the farm. Right. Alternatively, you could go to that farmer's market, but make sure you are spending cash there because if you're just having foot traffic coming through, it is not having a positive effect. If you're giving – it doesn't matter if it's $1 or $5. It adds up and it makes a substantial different difference. Um, San Diego County has an amazing agritourism industry hmm. and taking advantage of that, going on the wine tours that we have in Ramona, in Hamul – Visiting the Carlsbad floral fields, right. thinking of Oma's pumpkin patch in the holidays. Right. These are things that your small action, which is a fun family event, has really large effects for how to support your local farmers. That is so true. And it's it's really part of my main motivation with Edible San Diego to share information like that so that throughout the year, no matter how old or young you are and where you come from, whether you live here or you're traveling, that you can find this information about how to learn more about where our food comes from locally and to support these courageous people that are out there every day growing our food and our, our plants for us. So, Hannah, I want to thank you so much for talking with us today. This is just fascinating, and I, I feel like we could speak for more hours, so we're going to have to bring you back. Okay? I would love that. In the future. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. And on, our, on that note for today's podcast, I like to share a gardening or a cooking tip each time. And speaking about what's in season right now at the farmer's markets, some hard squashes are starting to uh, to come into harvest now, butternut or acorn squash. And I wanted to share a little cooking tip that I've found makes it way easier to cook this kind of delicious seasonal vegetable for a midweek dinner without it taking any longer than like running to go get some takeout. 
So here's a scoop. What you do is, being very careful with a, a sharp knife, slice your squash into slices that are maybe about an inch or inch and a half in thickness, and put them on a uh, baking sheet. You can either do a light coating of oil or use parchment. And you bake the squash at uh, about 350 degrees until they're tender when you um, when you stick a fork in them. And I found that it's easier to pull the seeds out if you just leave them in. When you, when you slice the squash, you just slice it as is, put it in the oven. And then afterwards, when they're done, you can carefully scoop out with a spoon the, the seeds. And it comes out way easier than if you're trying to do that when they're raw. And also, they can go right into the compost pile because they've already been cooked. So that's something where you'll find it, it only takes about 20, 25 minutes at the most to cook these delicious, uh, fresh, local squashes. And I wanted to also share that a really easy way to serve them for dinner is to top them with some fresh tomato sauce or if you've made some pesto, just put that right on top with either some sausages or meatballs that you have made or, or bought. Um, or as an alternative, you can top your squash with any kind of nut or seeds that you like. Some of my favorites are walnuts, cashews, hazelnuts, pine nuts, which are just so delicious, or even raw pumpkin seeds. So there you go. There's a cooking tip for an easy midweek dinner or lunch that just takes a few minutes, and I guarantee the flavors are just going to knock your socks off. So anyway, to wrap up today's podcast, I wanted to thank Specialty Produce again for hosting and producing this podcast. We so appreciate that. And to once again thank Hannah Bay, the new executive director of the San Diego County Farm Bureau, and to thank you for listening. So we look forward to being in touch with you soon.